Namaste and welcome to Cultures of Las Vegas. I'm Orko Mana with 8 News Now, Channel 8 here in Las Vegas. This month we are highlighting Indian culture because August 15th is Indian Independence Day. During the next half hour, we're going to be talking with members of the Indian community here in Southern Nevada. We'll be discussing everything from Indian cultural activities, ways to get involved with the Indian community, and of course, Indian food. Now, because we are still in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, we do have social distancing measures in place. We'll be dividing today's discussion into three separate groups, but we're super excited to get started. First here joining me, we have Anu Pandey with Friends of India Las Vegas and Lipika Mukhopadhyay with uh, the Bengali Association of Nevada. Thank you both so much for being here. Namaste. <laughs> I'm really excited to get started with our discussion talking about Indian cultural programs and festivities that you all hope bring uh, help bring to life here in Southern Nevada. So Anu, I'm gonna start with you. Sure. First explain to me what your organization, Friends of India Las Vegas does. Okay, the Friends of India, the slogan for Friends of India is many minds but one heart. And the goal of Friends of India is to promote the Indian cultural heritage of India. And it's a non-profit charitable organization dedicated to um, creating events and activities to make sure our youth is involved, all the people are involved, and uh, and that's the mission. The mission is uh, to get in, to get involve the people and promote our culture, and that's what we do. And the cultural programs I know from growing up with them are a huge part of you know growing up as an Indian or Indian American. Uh, some of the bigger celebrations we have are you know Diwali, Holi. Can you kind of explain what those celebrations are, what they mean, and what happens during them? Of course. Before going on to that, I would like to mention that it is not only to involve Indian culture, uh, Indian people. It is also to educate and promote and and kind of explain it to the non-Indian population. And the and the goal is to create the respect, harmony, and friendship with other ethnic group also. Now coming back to Diwali, Diwali it's a festival of lights and uh, you know we wear new clothes, we meet each other, greet each other but coming back to Friends of India what we do here is we do the cultural event, we do Diwali gala night and we have uh, you know we have like 100-150 participants and we perform skit, we do our classical dance, um, you know we have uh, d various you know because India is a very diverse nation. So we have this different languages. So all those people from different languages, different area, they perform the activities. So so festival of lights. What yeah. for those who don't know, what is what is the okay. meaning behind that? It's a festival of light, and basically it reflects on um, the win of uh, the victory of good over evil, the victory of uh, knowledge over ignorance, and uh, basically you know the Lord Ram. He he came back, and we celebrate, and it also marks the beginning of a new era for Hindus. So that's what it is. Great, I know you brought something here that this is kind of used during Diwali, right? Yes, yes. Can you explain it? So this is called, actually it is Rangoli, and usually we make it in the at the entrance of our doors, and it is made with the powder. So, but this is like a modern version of that. We decorate our houses, uh, people come, we have feasts, we wear new clothes. So this is called Rangoli. Now this is called Dia. Dia is the significance of light, since it's a festival of light. So that's that. Then there is a Lord Ganesh. Whenever we start any festival, we always worship Lord Ganesh. And then um, I brought those, uh, <laughs> you know, and in that we can put the colors and that's how we decorate. Perfect. And uh, Lipika, I know the Bengali Association of Nevada also puts on cultural events, but there's also the religious aspect of that too. So uh, can you talk about that a little bit and what a puja is? Yeah, puja is Hindu religion. It is worship of God. 
and uh, people you know you can may practice at home or in temple and during puja people offer fruit and flower uh, to in image of god and uh, you told asking me about be our association what there yeah i know uh, for uh, you know bengali uh, association of bengali yeah, yeah i know durga puja is kind of yeah. the biggest one you brought um, a little uh, figurine yeah, yeah. of of Ma durga can you explain uh, who durga is and yeah. what durga puja is all about yeah durga you know durga puja is our biggest uh, festival uh, in bengalis and we celebrate you know four days in india but here we celebrate only two days because it not not possible for day. In BANV we celebrate two days uh, during um, uh, weekend. And uh, Durga Puja, you know, actually Durga Puja um, celebrates um, uh, victory of Ma uh, Goddess Durga over Demon King Mahishasura. And um, we, you know, we la wear our new dresses, good food, and we enjoy too much that time. Yeah. <laughs> and I know Durga Puja is coming up in just a couple months. With everything going on right now, are you adjusting how you're going to be doing that? Uh, yeah, you are right. Only um, two, three months, not even three months, less than three months. So we have, we have reserved the place for Puja but we, you know we can we'll have to think about that we'll follow the guideline of our uh, you know cdc and our governor um, and um, maybe we have to i mean or arrange a, a virtual yeah, I know we're seeing a lot of that with uh, a bunch of different organizations. Yeah, and uh, you know we have Independence Day coming on uh, August fifteenth, and right now I'm in the process, and we are going to do virtually, and it's going to be th through YouTube, and I'm very excited actually. We have so many programs lined up, so and I and I want all of you guys to join and kind of <laughs> watch with us, you know. Yeah, and I know you know it might be a little difficult right now, but for those um, watching who uh, Indian or not want to get involved with your different events, what's the best way to do that? Um, for us, you know, if we have Friends of India website, anybody can go there. It's open to everybody, and you can go there. All the flyers are posted there. All the information is there. So that's the best way. Log in. Uh, we update it uh, uh, periodically, and the mass email is sent out. So the emails go out. You just have to subscribe it. So that's the best way. And even if you move into the town and you know nobody, that's the way to get involved. And Lipika for you guys as well? Yeah, Bengali Association, if anyone interested to, you know, I mean, join our events or our organization, they can go to our website, bengalienv.org, or they can mail to us, like um, ba.nevada at gmail.com to get, you know, update, um, uh, I mean, update from us. And I know during you know, the events that you guys have had the past uh, few years, even beyond that, you know, it isn't just Indian people coming. It's a lot of people are really interested in the culture. Yeah, of course, you know, you'll see on 15th August, I have, um, I have American, they are singing and they're singing Indian uh, song. It is beautiful. It's the goal here is not only to promote and preserve our culture, it is to educate everybody and get everybody involved because the reality is we all are together here. So I want everybody to get involved, you know. And in uh, the time that you've been here in Las Vegas, do you uh, 
Uh, have you seen kind of a growth in interest in, in the culture? Of course, of course. I've been here for the last 24 years. And, you know, it was a small organization. Over time, it has grown. And, and people are, um, they, you know, they are involved. Everybody wants to be a part of it. So that's a wonderful thing. Great. Well, both of you, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for bringing all the artifacts as well, really putting a, a spotlight on Indian culture. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The pleasure is ours. <laughs> and we'll be talking about Indian food right after the break. I'm already hungry just thinking about it. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Cultures of Las Vegas. I'm Orko Mana. This month, we are talking about all things Indian. It's no secret that a big part of Indian culture has to do with Indian food, and there are so many different types of food, whether it's by region or by spice level. So joining me right now are two people who know a lot about food. We have Chris Parikh, who owns a couple different Indian restaurants in town, and uh, Janine Jaffer, who is the executive chef of Shiraz Restaurant. Thank you both so much for being here. It's a pleasure. First of all, it smells amazing in here. We're going to get to this food in just a second. But first, I want to start off with asking you guys a question that's really difficult, in my opinion, to answer. What's your favorite Indian food or Indian dish? We're going to start with you. My favorite is I'm, I'm vegetarian vegan, so I love my dal and chawal. People say, what is chawal? It's rice and lentils. That's my comfort food. Your staple. Awesome. And you? <laughs> that's actually a a favorite of mine too, um, but my absolute favorite is a dish called halim, which is traditionally only eaten once or twice a year because it takes about 18 hours to make. So it's a lot of different lentils and rice, wheat, um, all stewed together with beef, and it's really, really spicy. Gosh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> For me, I, I love chicken biryani, and then my dad makes this amazing goat meat curry that's just, it's amazing. We're um, both here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then speaking of amazing, again, we have this food here. So Chris, I know your restaurants have a wide array of different, more traditional kind of Indian dishes. So uh, what did you bring with us here? And what are some of those uh, popular foods that you so have? So at, at Mint Indian Bistro and Divine Dosa and Roti Fix, what we try to do is, the majority of the Indian restaurants around the country try, try to focus on North Indian, which is like the most popular, butter chicken, chicken tandoori, uh, some biryanis and you'll find very rarely doses and we try to kind of cover the full spectrum of north, south, east and west which is where the cuisine is very diverse you know depending upon what part of country you go to and especially you know Pakistan, Nepal, I mean they're neighboring countries mm -hmm. and they have their variation of the biryanis and so forth so I think today what I've got is my favorite which is the dal tarka I like it with plain rice, <laughs> and uh, of course you have chicken biryani, which is your favorite, and lamb rogan josh, which is from the northern part of India, which is a Kashmiri dish. Uh, biryani is more like a South Indian uh, Hyderabadi dish, and everyone knows garlic butter naan. You know, it you, you, you can't complete an Indian meal without a garlic butter naan. Yeah, I always have to have naan with my Indian food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. And that is one of the things that garlic naan consumption is growing. 400, 500 percent every year wow. in this country. So that is definitely number one uh, on the list. And as far as the spice level goes, it, it just depends. And what we've been able to personalize over the years is when you come to Mint, you can actually tell the server what kind of spice level you like on a scale of one to 10. If, if you're brave, you can go all the way to our Inferno Curry, <laughs> which is the spiciest dish by far on the West 
So, and you kind of touched on this a little bit when we talk about you know like North Indian food versus South Indian food. Is there kind of a, a distinct like a particular distinction that you'll be like, oh, okay, I know which region. Yeah. So from. mostly on, on the North Indian side, they they like it more on heavy side. So like if if you look at butter chicken is actually a, a North Indian dish, which is a lot of cream heavy uh, content, a lot of wheat that they eat because they grow a lot of wheat in Punjab. And so that's where the naan comes from. Whereas on the south, they grow a lot of rice. So it's uh, that's their staple is rice. So anything that's made with rice, it, it, you name it. Even people know about pakoras. They're rice pakoras, you know? <laughs> the rice biryanis, there's rice dishes, idli, dosa, what I mean, it's just very diverse. And people on the south, they eat a little bit more spicy food because they like super spicy. Right. So I think that's where, I think we're trying to kind of catered to that groove where the wine dosa and biryani, which we just started by the name itself, it's dosa and biryani. Dosa is nothing but an Indian savory crepe made, of, uh, made out of lentils. And it's absolutely vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free. So we also kind of focus on that. That's a modern, uh, uh, I would say, uh, twist to the Indian food where when we started mint, our goal was being me being vegetarian, my kids eat meat, you know, my kids used to eat less spicy, but now they eat spicier than me. <laughs> so when, when you talk about spicy, people think Indian food is spicy, but not really, you know? I can't handle spices. Right. And, and, and so everyone's spice tolerance is different. So people were watching out there, you can go into an Indian restaurant or a Pakistani restaurant. If you tell the chef, and I think Janine can actually, Chef Janine can actually vouch for that as well. We can make things for you mild or spicy and even if the milder version is super mild or super spicy, you can always wash it down with mango lassi. There you go. <laughs> Which we have here. <laughs> um, that's what I got. That's the perfect savory. Yeah, and, and Janine, I know your uh, Shiraz is kind of this kind of fusion of Indian, Pakistani, uh, Persian food. So as the executive chef, what inspired you to combine those different cultures together? Uh, well, they're actually really not that different, um, if you think about it. And Chris did a great job of touching on, you know, our foods being regional. Um, so my family hails from Karachi, which is the southernmost seaport city in, in Pakistan, which it's all about the spice in your face. <laughs> so there's a joke. Um, I think it's a little spicier than Indian food. A little bit, yeah. I, I have personally been known to make some food so spicy that other people cannot eat it, <laughs> um, except for myself. Um, uh, there's a joke in my household that when I was a child, I didn't use a pacifier. I sucked on chilies. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that that's true. My boys are getting there. <laughs> they nice. eat spicier than me. <laughs> um, so as far as you know, the cooking is concerned, I've always had a love for food ever since I was young, um, and cooking it, making it, hearing stories of you know from my father about cooking at home uh, with his mom, and you know back back home in, in Karachi, and I just kind of like really gravitated towards those stories, and I make our dishes according to um, the way my family did it. And a lot of people love that. So we have in the front a uh, sog paneer, which is a typical Indian dish. Uh, we have like palak paneer, or you know alu palak, which is a potato and um, spinach version of this dish. Uh, I like to make things a little bit more on the healthier side since people are a lot more health conscious these days. Um, so I use a substitution from heavy cream, which is typical in these kind of dishes, to coconut milk, which is lighter and it's also much more healthy. It gives you vegan as well. It does, minus the paneer. 
<laughs> but I, I love, I love. I mean, spinach is my favorite. I mean, yeah. And you also brought a chicken biryani, which I looks did. amazing, <laughs> Mine's way. a little different take. I think uh, Mint's version is a lot more traditional. I'm a lot more anti-traditional, uh, being of mixed culture myself. So everything I do has a little bit of flavor from somewhere else. It's a perfect uh, one because you have chicken breast and I have chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually did a, a baked chicken tandoori. So I oh, marinated wow. the, the chicken in yogurt and spices and then baked it and then kind of layered that in with the, the traditional Pakistani style biryani. Yeah. And like you said, uh, I guess a lot of the dishes at Shiraz kind of do that. They kind of mix all these different, you know, types of foods and uh, themes together. Yeah. Well, the farther north that you go, you know, the, the cuisine gets a lot more uh, savory versus spicy. And then you know, there's a lot of use of like nuts and f dry fruits, raisins and things like that, which is um, an easy transition to the Persian food because that, you know, northern Pakistan, Lahori kind of cuisine is a lot similar to Persian food. So it, it really is one and the same. You know, we all eat rice, we all eat bread, we all eat salad. <laughs> And it's just the different variations in the spices that make it distinctively Pakistani or Persian or Indian. Yeah, and I know, you know, like you were mentioning, Chris, a lot of people who have tried Indian food just know butter chicken and naan and samosas. So yeah, there's so much there's more so out much there, more right? Than that. <laughs> but I mean, if you have to look at it, I mean, the staple is dal, chawal, roti, and sabji. Absolutely. Those are the four things. And it doesn't just, matter where you go. In I was the just going to say there are a lot of vegetables, different vegetables that we don't typically have here in the States. Or like my favorite is uh, bindi, which is okra. And there's so many different like varieties of that as well. A dry versus a wet. You have like, you know, curries versus more stew based. Um, our food is probably some of the best in the world because you have everything to choose from. Also the flavors and also the herb side of it. So if you take a look at spinach that uh, Chef Janine made, it's a lot of iron. Yeah, and mm -hmm. for people who... And mine actually has some kale in there too, because <laughs> I yeah, had so some. Exactly, so that's what I like <laughs> about it. Any dark greens, yeah. you know, it's a free-for-all. So if you're anemic, go eat right. spinach. There and you obviously, go. <laughs> you know, for those who haven't tried it, the best way is just to go to restaurants like yours and, and try the food. So thank you guys so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And obviously, uh, make sure you order Indian food from your restaurants and from all the other Indian establishments around town. Thank you both so much for being here. We'll be back with more guests in just a bit. Welcome back to Cultures of Las Vegas, Indian Edition. I'm Orko Mana. To round out today's discussion, we're going to talk about community involvement. We have Radhika Kanal and Fayaz Raja joining us, both involved in the political scene here in Southern Nevada. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Radhika, I want to start off with you. Um, I know that you just won your first primary election. So why did you decide to uh, run for public office? So Orko, as you know, I am an immigrant and uh, my identity has framed my life experiences. And those life experiences have uh, bring a, brought about several highlights of uh, the importance of representation. And as uh, it is very obvious and we know actually, is representation is extremely important considering our political system is only two party. We can have each group representing themselves, which would be the case back at home in India. So uh, in the given system of two-party systems, representation becomes all the more important. And my uh, passion for public service has further enhanced after 2001, 9-11, and, and Kuchina, 
and watching how representation matters when it comes to removing inequalities and things of that nature. So that uh, set strongly into my mind. But uh, as a scientist and as a professor at medical school, and uh, again, my identity as a woman of color also framed my experiences on the other front. So a complete coalition of these experiences put that seed in me that it is, if we want to bring about change, if we want to bring about our voice, we need representation. So that's where it started. And then after I moved to Nevada, going through law school and um, attending various uh, political trainings and being part of the political environment here has uh, precipitated my interest to run for office. Yeah, I know we don't really see a whole lot of um, Indians um, in you know public office or running for public office. Uh, why do you think that is? Wow, that's a <laughs> loaded a question. question. Yeah, yeah, it's a loaded <laughs> question. It can range anywhere from in the whole spectrum of events, starting from general apathy to dislike and add on the um, experiences from back home and um, and then just not having opportunities, not having uh, an example to follow, which is a big deal. So that uh, if we had a system in place where, yeah, we see someone else running for office, then you see uh, future generations or people coming behind you to pursue an event. So that too. So since our uh, our community is generally younger in the sense, not chronological age, but in the American history, we have only started settling here like early 1900s. So uh, compared to rest of the uh, component, rest of the cultures, ours is younger in that uh, perspective. So it's going to take a while, but people like us, hopefully, will. That is one of the reasons why I've decided as well is to make it easier for people that the generations to come behind us after me to be more involved, to take it as it's ours. Let's just represent our community. Yeah, and to get involved. And, and Fayaz, I know you are um, involved with the South Asian Political Network Alliance. So what does that organization do? Well, uh, it's called Sapna in, uh, in our uh, language, and it's uh, called Dream. That's the base on. But it's all politically uh, uh, situation where we have a elected official comes to our uh, gathering, we invite all our Indian community uh, uh, you know, people to come and uh, gather and then listen to uh, the speaker and understand certain issues that we have. Uh, for example, if, if it's immigration or uh, just it's part of the education. So we try to uh, have every month there is a speaker comes in and we go to one of the Indian restaurants where we have a lunch so they can enjoy the food uh, and understand the culture also a little bit, uh, what kind of uh, variety of the food that we have so they can taste that. At the same time also they can learn and understand the political issues, whatever issue that if we bring the congressman or, or a senator or a local elected official or judges, so they talk about uh, the, all those legal issues that affect as an Asian or as a you know, Indian community. Yeah, it's important to have that kind of uh, discussion with our with our leadership, right? Yes, we do. Yeah. Great, and I know um, you know both of you have been here in Southern Nevada for for a while. In that time, I guess Radhika, let's start with you. What have you seen change in terms of the Indian community? How has it grown, um, and how has how, how have things changed? Oh wow, this is um, 
it is very relevant to Nevada and outside as well. Is uh, it is very hard for me to for me to see that there is more involvement in the political process per se. Uh, we need more. We have a lot of growth to happen still, but from where we were a few years ago to where we are now, uh, like Sapna wasn't in existence up, up until a few years ago. So it is uh, heartwarming to see the progress, but we do have a lot to go. And uh, another interesting and uh, actually very uh, important event that's changing now is the younger generation has become more involved and they're getting active in the uh, politics. We know several uh, next generation or younger generation uh, Indian uh, kids, or I like to call them kids, not to date <laughs> myself, but uh, go, I guess part of the culture, right? <laughs> Everyone that's not your age is a kid. So, but uh, younger guys are involved and they are part of several political, uh, several presidential campaigns. And so it is uh, nice that we are wanting to be represented, which again, in Nevada, the beauty of Nevada is. Uh, yes, we have 50 per more. Uh, we are the first in the country to have women majority legislator. But uh, when it comes to Asian representation and South Asians, it's kind of not there yet. We are still underrepresented. So uh, hopefully, the good news is in this cycle, we have several Asians that are running. And so I encourage that they all support them so we can bring about that equi equity and equality in the representation at, uh, in Carson City. And when we talk about just the community overall of Fayaz, uh, I feel like every year we have more and more uh, South Asians and Indian people just in the community. Um, what does that signal to you? Well, I, I give you my personal example. I came 41 years ago in Las Vegas, 1979, and we were few, maybe five, six people that I remember at that time. We had a no culture. My wife and I, we have to drive to California to try some food or even pick up a grocery because there was nothing in 79 or 80. So, but today, all those years, we have a lot of uh, community, uh, as you saw earlier, you know, segment that we have a lot of restaurants here. We have a lot of religious places here. So we have a lot of uh, a community has grown. So I think it's a, uh, it's a, uh, Radhika had a share very eloquently because today, I think we need uh, a representation, and I really uh, appreciate for her to coming and jumping into running because I ran for four times. I started in 2012 uh, as a city councilman who are two, uh, and because we don't have a very similar situation like a, you know the what's called Latino or Afro American because they have a, a, a segregation or some kind of uh, a pocket of uh, area. We are seg we are separated. We are just all over the place. So we don't have that kind of support, and that's I think our failure is that that we we don't have the encouragement because we don't have as far as the population concerned. But now we have a little bit more uh, support that. Uh, but again, when it comes to the number of the vote, so we don't have each district or each ward, uh, we don't have that kind of. Uh, advantage comparing to other uh, communities. So, but we are working very hard, and I'm so blessed that since I've been here, we've been talking about, we have few other uh, organizations, like we have uh, Asian American Pacific Islander, I was a uh, chairperson for last uh, two years. So having that also, encouraging people, educating, go out and vote, and you know, canvassing, all these things that uh, our community is not really geared to that, what I found over 40 years. And maybe Radhika can uh, share that her new experience being here 
it's just very difficult. So we have to educate our community, we are doing, and we are trying that. Right, definitely a lot of uh, opportunities for involvement now. Thank you both so much for being here. I really appreciate it. This has been such an exciting half hour talking to all six of our guests who are so deeply rooted within the Indian culture and community here in Las Vegas. To those of you at home, there's so much to check out to immerse yourself in Indian culture. Go out there and celebrate Holi with the fun colors, check out a puja, and try the delicious delicacies at the various Indian restaurants around town. I know a lot of it is on hold right now because of the coronavirus pandemic, but when everything starts getting back up and running, uh, be sure to check it out. You'll have plenty of things to do. Uh, you can watch this program again on the county's YouTube channel as well as on the podcast. Again, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Cultures of Las Vegas, the Indians. I'm Orko Mana. Thank you for watching. Take care and stay safe.